your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 746 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And we got a very special uh, midway through the season episode here. The Rangers are 41 games into the 82-game regular season. We are exactly at the halfway point. The Rangers are 22-12-7. They are in fourth place in the Metro Division. Although, I must point out that the Washington Capitals right now are just one point ahead of the Rangers. And the Rangers have two games in hand. Uh, against the Caps. So I think we can sort of project the Rangers into third place right now. You got to figure they would get at least a point or two in two games. Hopefully they would do that. Bottom line, it's tight. The playoff race is going to be crazy this year. The Metro race is going to be crazy. And uh, as hockey fans, we wouldn't have it any other way. But uh, for today's episode, what we're going to do is give out some awards to the Ranger players uh, for the first half of the season, and I'm also going to make some predictions for the second half of the season. So we're just going to go right through this pretty much rapid fire or you know, do it as fast as we possibly can here because there is a lot to cover in today's episode. So with no further ado, uh, let's go ahead and start the awards with uh, most disappointing player as well as the MVP of the team so far. And I'm starting with most disappointing because I want to get that out of the way. It's basically just about the only negative uh, thing that we have on here. And as far as disappointing player for the Rangers this season, I was kind of between Jacob Truba and Alexi Lafreniere for different reasons for both players. Uh, we'll start with Truba here. He has played in all 41 games, three goals, 11 assists. He's a minus five, averaging 21 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time, 101 block shots, 127 hits. For me, though, it wasn't really about the stats. It was just about the fact that uh, to start this season, Truba was really struggling. I mean, I, I don't know what was going on. I understand he had, you know, some lingering injuries. That's what the Rangers had said. We don't really know what those injuries are, and hopefully, you know, they've gotten better. Uh, he has played better recently, so you would think that they probably have gotten better, but he just really, really struggled at the start of the season. This is the guy that was just named your captain, and, you know, right or wrong, a lot of Ranger fans are always going to fixate on that contract, the fact that Jacob Truba is making $8 million per season. So when he's being paid that much, and you know that money is tight with this team, and you know that there are young players that the Rangers need to re-sign, a lot of fans are going to look at that and expect a lot out of the new New York Ranger captain. They weren't getting it from him early in the season. Uh, I think, like I said, he's played better recently. And he at least had that moment uh, as the Ranger captain, you know, firing his helmet into the boards against the Blackhawks, and the Rangers went on a crazy uh, run after that that's kind of still going right now. I mean, immediately after that, they won seven in a row, and they've played very well even in the game since then. Um, but, you know, Truba obviously struggled a little bit, but he did do a nice job from a leadership perspective, being very accountable after games and, uh, you know, as a new captain of this team. With Lafreniere, and I said this the other day, he just has not gotten his season off the ground yet, and it's disappointing because, I mean, first of all, there's very high expectations for Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, you also look at the fact that he did a really nice job for this team during the playoff run last season. Uh, there were nights where the kid line was the best line on the ice for either team, and, you know, you're just expecting more. You just look at the stats, uh, 40 games, 5 goals, 13 assists. He's a plus 1, averaging 14.51 of ice time per night. And, you know, I think one of the biggest things, though, beyond the stats and everything, there just aren't enough 
plays from Lafreniere that have that wow factor. And I know certain people are going to look at what's going on with Lafreniere, and they're going to point to the fact that he doesn't get a ton of power play time. He's never on the top unit. Um, you know, ice time has been a little bit lacking recently. I don't know the exact stat, but it was something like 13 out of the last 15 games. Lafreniere has had less than 15 minutes, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, and, you know, there's people that just think he deserves more of an opportunity. He needs more continuity as far as his line mates are concerned. There's some truth to all those things. But the bottom line is Alexi Lafreniere, to me at least, just has not looked like a quote-unquote generational talent, has not looked like a guy that was taken first overall in the NHL draft. And the Rangers, you know, they have uh, some responsibility to bear there as well because the Rangers have not exactly been uh, a, you know, shining example of how to develop forwards uh, as far as, you know, teams in this league. I mean, you can look, you can go back as far as you want to. A lot of Ranger forwards that they have drafted early, sometimes in the first round, just have not really done a whole lot. Um, with this team and in this league in general. So the Rangers, uh, you know, they, they could probably do some things to help Lafreniere along a little bit, but Lafreniere himself has to pick it up. Now, there's also some people that think that he's never going to amount to anything and he's a bust and this, that, and the other thing. I wouldn't go that far either. There have been enough flashes here and there where I think you at least feel good about him eventually becoming a solid contributor for this team. And you got to remember, he is still just a 21-year-old kid adjusting to life in the NHL. Uh, we did an episode... Uh, not long ago where, and in fact, it was our last episode where, you know, the Rangers had just played the Devils and, you know, Jack Hughes is out there looking like a world beater. We kind of compared Hughes to both Kako and Lafreniere. Jack Hughes, you know, it's easy to forget this now. He's in his fourth year right now. He didn't do much of anything in his first two seasons. I mean, he was just anemic. So uh, he obviously found his game last year, really turned it on and just hasn't looked back. And you hope that something like that is still possible uh, for Lafreniere. And for everybody saying that there aren't any signs that Lafreniere is going to become that player, well, there weren't really any signs that Jack Hughes was going to uh, become that player either. But the talent lies within with players like Hughes and with players like Alexi Lafreniere. And you just never know, you know, any moment could be the moment that kind of, you know, sparks a player like this whether it's Hughes or Kako or Lafreniere or whoever it might be. And obviously, Kako's played better this season. Um, but the bottom line is, uh, you know, Lafreniere does need to be better. But I do think, you know, sooner or later, he's going to break through and uh, eventually become a, uh, you know, solid player for this Ranger team, at the very least, despite an underwhelming and disappointing first half to the season. MVP, let's go to something positive here. If you just want to go by points, you know, Panarin has 11 goals and 34 assists, so he's got 45 points uh, in the first half of the season. Mika is just one point behind with 44 points. He has 19 goals and 25 assists. You know, Mika, you can make a case for him. I've described him in the past as the Rangers' most consistently excellent player. He just brings it every single night, uh, plays in all three zones, just an exceptional, well-rounded player, and somebody that you just look for. You know, when you're looking at, you know, a top-line center in this league— uh, you can just look at Mika Zibanejad, and he's the prototype for such a player. Uh, you can always go with Igor. You know, he doesn't have the video game numbers that he did last year, but he's the backbone of this team, and I'll still take him in a big game against pretty much any goalie in this league. Uh, you could go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to throw out Ryan Lindgren a little bit there. I've talked in the past how he's the heart and soul of this team and how they seem to fall apart whenever he's not on the ice, but I am going to give the first half MVP, despite there being some really good candidates, to Adam Fox. Uh, you know, with Mika, we talked about the consistency. With Adam Fox, it's that, but from a defenseman. You know, Adam Fox, night to night to night, every time he's on the ice, he's making an impact in a positive way for the New York Rangers. Even when the Rangers were badly struggling earlier this season, Adam Fox seemed to be one of the guys that was showing up every single night, always had his head in the game, always had a little bit of jump in his step. Uh, you know, somebody who just brings it. And, you know, for my money, the the best all-around defenseman in this league. He, of course, won the Norse two years ago. 
Uh, he has a chance to win another one, and we'll talk about that uh, in due time here. Um, but yeah, Adam Fox to me, the MVP of the first half for the Rangers. And his strong play is made even more important by the fact that, you know, Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba really struggled in the first 20 or so, maybe 25 games even of the season this year. Uh, so when that's the case and two of your top four defensemen are scuffling, you need Adam Fox, your best defenseman, to play at the absolute top of his abilities. And that's what we got from Adam Fox uh, throughout the entire first half there for the New York Rangers. Also want to go with the worst transaction that the Rangers have made and the best transaction that they have made. I think the worst transaction that the Rangers made is actually one that they ended up getting away with, and that was putting Julian Gauthier on waivers to start the season. He did not make the Ranger team out of training camp, and he was exposed to waivers. Anybody could have claimed him. Nobody did. He went down to the Hartford Wolfpack, and maybe that did him some good because he's played the best hockey that we've seen him play as a member of the Rangers so far this season. Not that he's like setting the world on fire and he's stuffing the score sheet every night, but uh, for a guy playing on the fourth line, about eight minutes and change per night, Gautier's doing a nice job. 8.52 per night. I do have that written down there. Um, but again, you know, the Rangers, they put him on waivers and listen to some of the players that made the Rangers out of training camp, okay? You got Sammy Blay, who has struggled. Part of that's due to the injury last year. I get that, but he has struggled and not really been a very productive player. One was Ryan Reeves, who they ended up just, you know, making a healthy scratch for, you know, uh, I don't even, I lost track of what it was at a certain point there. I think it was like seven out of eight games, eight out of nine games, something like that. Finally trading him to the Minnesota Wild. He made the team. Uh, Dryan Hunt made the team, who the Rangers then placed on waivers and was claimed by the Colorado Avalanche. And Ryan Carpenter made the team. And he was put on waivers and is now in the minor leagues with the Hartford Wolfpack. So all four of those players who... I mean, barely have or barely did make any impact with this team. Uh, they all made the team. The Rangers risked losing Julian Gauthier for nothing. They got away with it. And now Julian Gauthier, uh, you know, a productive player on the fourth line for the New York Rangers, at least relative to his ice time, only averaging 8.52 per night and uh, has six goals and three assists in 30 games, draws a bunch of penalties, has done a nice job. And again, the Rangers got away with, uh, they got away with one there, putting Gauthier on waivers. An honorable mention, for worst transaction is going to be trading Ryan Reeves. And I totally get why they did it. Freeing up some cap space. They didn't really seem to have a need for him anymore. But, you know, he was a good guy in the locker room. And it's just one of those things that it is a little bit of a gut punch. I, I totally get why they did it. But it still kind of sucked, for lack of a better term here. Best transaction for the New York Rangers this season. That's going to be signing Vincent Trocek in the offseason. The prize get for the New York Rangers in free agency. As I mentioned in the past, you know, both during the offseason and in-season a couple of times here as well. Uh, the Rangers had a really tough decision to make when it came to uh, what to do here as far as second-line center is concerned. Do you hang on to Ryan Strom and extend him because you're familiar with him? Do you hang on to Andrew Kopp and extend him because, you know, he made a very favorable impression in a short amount of time? Or do you take a little bit of a risk and go with Vincent Trocek? You dive into the unknown a little bit. The Rangers did the third of those options. They went with Trocek, and Trocek has been as far as those three players are concerned, by far the best player of those three this season. Uh, Trocek in 41 games, 13 goals, 17 assists, surprisingly a minus seven, but a 56% success rate on the faceoff dot, 19 block shots and 95 hits. Seems to be gelling with Panarin and, you know, just somebody who's come in here and fit pretty seamlessly with this team and from a personality perspective as well. A couple of honorable mentions here. 
As far as best transaction, I'm cheating a little because I'm going to put Ryan Reeves on this list as well because, like I mentioned, I totally get why they did it. They trade him away, got a fifth-round pick for him, and more importantly, opened up some cap space. I think also the Jimmy Vesey extension. That happened just less than a week ago here, and uh, you lock up a reliable bottom six forward at a very reasonable price of $800,000 per season for the next two seasons, so that was good. And I would say also Ben Harper, a PTO with the Hartford Wolfpack, and he ends up playing with the Rangers and doing a pretty good job. Um so far for this team. A couple other awards here. Breakthrough player. I thought about Kako. I thought about Heedle. You know, Kako's really come on recently, but he still is less than a half point per game player. Uh, Heedle's been really solid, having the best season of his Ranger career so far. But I'm going to go with Braden Schneider. 41 games for Schneider, five goals, five assists. He is a plus 10, averaging 14.59 of ice time per night, 62 block shots, 60 hits. Uh, guy who does a little bit of everything. You know, he's contributing offensively now. Very physical player. Got a lot of size, obviously. Show me a better third-pair defenseman in this league than Braden Schneider. I think you'd have to look pretty long and pretty hard to find one. And, um, you know, he actually replaced Jacob Truba when Truba was scuffling quite a bit. He actually moved up to the second pairing and uh, did just fine there as well. I mean, he's been solid as a rock. He's had to play with a million different defense partners since he came into the league, some of whom were pretty shaky, to say the least. And... He hasn't let it bother him. You know, he pretty much just hit the ground running with the Rangers and uh, just off to a great start in his NHL career. Uh, so we're going to keep this rolling with a couple more awards for worst loss and best win of the season. And then we're going to transition to some predictions for this upcoming season for the Rangers. And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and hockey, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We also have to give a uh, special attention call to fans of the New York Rangers. Uh, attention New York with so many exciting matchups scheduled for January. There is no better way to start 2023 than by cheering on the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Start off the new year with some Rangers hockey. Lots of games left to be played. Be there to cheer on the Rangers with your fellow blue shirts. Bring the passion and energy. After all, it is the fans that make a true home ice advantage. There's no experience like watching a game at the world's most famous arena. You need to be here to experience this Rangers team in person. Get tickets now at NewYorkRangers.com slash locked on. Once again, that is NewYorkRangers.com slash locked on. We just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So to wrap up the awards, uh, you know, section of this episode and then move on to some predictions, worst loss of the season, there's some serious contenders, especially early in the season in October and November. I'm going to say, though, it was the home loss against the Edmonton Oilers. The Rangers were up three to nothing uh, going into the third period. They gave up four goals and just a dumbfounding loss. Uh, the Rangers had just blown a chance to uh, win three out of four games on a road trip, and they lost 3-2 in Anaheim, and believe me, that game was a contender as well. But you come home, you respond, or, or so it seemed. You're up 3 nothing against the Edmonton Oilers, a high-powered team, obviously, and the Rangers get goals, 
two goals late in the second period to go up three to nothing, and they're in complete control. And then in the third period, you get two goals from Evan Bouchard, who cut the lead to three to two. Those are his first two goals of the season. You get a goal from Dylan Holloway, who scored his first goal of the season. And then you get Leon Draisaitl scoring on a power play with about two minutes to go, and then knocking the stick out of Jacob Truba's hand uh, on purpose after the goal. So just a complete nightmare and a miserable loss. And, uh, you know, naturally they were wearing the Lady Liberty jerseys. Uh, those, you know, the retro jerseys that aren't really retros, but I've already said my piece on that. But I, that was that just felt like rock bottom for the New York Rangers because it felt like it was going to be a very important kind of a statement-making win, and it tur- instead it just turns into a complete nightmare. Best win of the season. So a couple of candidates to run through, a couple honorable mentions. I'll say opening night against Tampa. They won 3-1 to one in that one, played exceptionally well there. Uh, that's really the only candidate for October and November, though, which gives you an idea of how those two months went for the Rangers. Uh, another honorable mention, I'll say the 6-4 to four win at home against the Blues. They trailed 4-3 going into the third, and that was when they were you know, right in the middle of their funk. It's possible that if they lose that game, Gallant gets fired. I, I don't think it would have happened, but the possibility is on the table. Instead, the Rangers come storming back in the third period. They score three goals. They win 6-4. to four. Um, I will also say... A 2-1 to shootout win in Colorado. Very impressive victory there as well. That happened not too long after the game against the Blues. But I'm going to say the best win of the season, beating the Devils 4-3 at home in overtime. That was on December 12th. Uh, the Rangers had won three in a row. This was the fourth. They went on to win seven in a row. And you know, the Rangers, they were down 2 nothing less than five minutes into this game. The Devils had been hot. I uh, had a big goal from Chris Kreider late in the first. That cut the Devils' lead down to 2-1. to uh, the Devils extend it to 3-1. to one. Then you get goals from Trocek and Kako to tie the game in the second period. They scored seven seconds apart from each other. Important goal for Kako. That seemed to kind of ignite him a little bit, and obviously he's played better uh, since then. Scoreless third period, and then overtime, you've got Artemi Panarin winning the battle for a loose puck and setting up uh, Philip Heedle, a little drop pass for Heedle. Heedle scores off the pipe and in, but just a big big win for the Rangers here. And to me, at least, and I realize the Devils are still having a good season. This, to me, represented a little bit of a shift here because the Rangers have been struggling. The Devils were off to just a ridiculously hot start that no team could possibly maintain through the whole season. And this kind of felt like the Rangers kind of just kind of like a, like a paradigm shift almost where it was kind of like, all right, Devils, you know, that was a cute little start that you had to the season here, but we're still the Rangers and uh, we're still, you know, one of the top dogs in this division and uh, just a big win for the team. And I realize the Rangers, of course, just lost to the Devils in overtime, game that they probably should have won. Uh, we'll see what happens between the Rangers and Devils the rest of the way here. They got one more matchup. Maybe they see each other in the playoffs, but uh, just a big win for the Rangers, kind of a, a win that sent a message and was just a, a joy to watch. And one of those wins that when, when Heedle scores in overtime there, gets you out of your seat a little bit, uh, that is for sure. But I want to shift our attention to uh, some predictions. To start off here, I'm going to say the Rangers make the playoffs this season, and they will get home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. I can still see the Carolina Hurricanes winning the division uh, for the second straight year. You know, they they won the division last year, and second straight year that the Rangers would finish second to the Carolina Hurricanes. I think that's at least possible, but a second-place finish I think for the Rangers, it's definitely within reach, and that would get them home ice advantage in the first round, which could be really nice. Of course, you know, that happened last year, and, um, you know, the Rangers were at home against the Penguins, and they had home ice advantage for Game 7 and won that game in overtime. So it would be nice, certainly, to get home ice advantage in the first round this year as they did last year. And I think that uh, if that happens, you know, the Rangers, uh, they'd be 
a, a pretty good bet to move on to the second round of the playoffs. Only time is going to tell there, and there's a million things that could happen, but I like the Rangers to finish at least second in the Metro Division. I'm also going to say... Second half of the season, Igor Shosturkin will be a top three goalie. He had a really rough start to the season, and that's why some of his stats, though good, aren't necessarily as good as you would think they might be. Uh, but he's really found his game recently. Even in this most recent loss to the Devils, he stood on his head, made some outstanding saves. I just think, uh, you know, Igor Shosturkin is going to have a big time second half, and he's still somebody that I would take in a big game uh, against any goalie in this league. So uh, we will see, but I'm expecting big, big things for Igor Shosturkin. Probably too late to... Uh, you know, catch the the top goalies as far as another Vezina is concerned. But Igor's going to be awesome in the second half of the season. That is uh, my prediction and one that I definitely feel very good about. I'm also going to say, you know, we got the trade deadline coming up at the beginning of March, March 3rd to be exact. I'm going to say the Rangers end up adding two players at the trade deadline. A six or seven defenseman, you know, based on however you look at it. Um, maybe somebody that could replace Harper in the lineup, even though Harper's played pretty well, and also a right winger. The Rangers are still kind of thin at right wing. You know, there's guys that they tease you with some upside and some potential, whether it's Kraftsoff or, or whether it's, you know, uh, Gautier. Um, but I could see the Rangers adding a big-time right winger and somebody that would immediately slot into the top six uh, at the trade deadline. Maybe they add a third player as well, you know, somebody that uh, could just kind of slot in there on the fourth line and maybe replace a Blay or a Brodzinski. Um, we'll see, but uh, I think you'll see the Rangers add two pretty significant pieces at the trade deadline this season. They added a, a lot of good players last year and hopefully more of the same this year. I'm also going to say another prediction for the second half. We will not see the top power play unit for the New York Rangers change a single time in the second half of the season. And we also, I'm going to take it a step further. We also will not see a power play where the top unit does not start the power play. We're not going to see the second unit start a single power play uh, the rest of the way this season. I think the Ranger top power play unit is, has, and will continue to be Panarin, Trocek, Kreider, Mika, and Fox. And that's not a bad thing. That's a very dynamic unit and a very dangerous unit. But I just get the feeling that no matter what happens, Gallant will stick with that quintet as a top power play unit uh, throughout the rest of the season here. Speaking of the power play, I also believe the Rangers will rank in the top eight to end the season. Why top eight? Because right now they're 13th. It might be tough for them to get into the top five. Um, but I just feel like, again, with, with the personnel that they have, they're due to go on a heater as far as the power player is concerned. And uh, I think they'll eventually get into the top eight. And the top eight also represents the top quarter of the league. I, I think for sure the Rangers should at least be in the top 25%. There are some teams in front of them right now that you look at it and it's like, wow, you know, the, the Sabres have a great power play. The Senators have a great power play. There's a couple others too. Um, but I, I think eventually the Rangers will work their way up there. Right now they're 13th at 23.7%. Uh, this one is a little bit more for the offseason, but I'm going to say that the final New York Rangers are in, or the following New York Rangers are in their final season with the team. Uh, Sammy Blay, I think he will move on in free agency. Vitaly Krasov, I think eventually he gets traded. I'm not convinced about this one, but I, I get the feeling Julian Gauthier, eventually the clock's going to strike midnight. He's been so close to not being on the Rangers anymore. But, you know, he's an RFA. Maybe the Rangers do a deal with him and he stays. Uh, Libor Hayek, speaking of the clock striking midnight, I just get the feeling the Rangers are eventually going to look to other defensemen to handle that 6-D-man spot. You know, Hayek's had enough opportunities, and his ceiling seems to be just, you know, average play, very average play from a 6-defenseman. So uh, I could see him moving on. I think Halak, he'll probably be one and done. He's a UFA at the end of the season. Uh, ditto for Carpenter. And the bold one 
is Barclay Goodrow. I'm not convinced this is going to happen. I don't even necessarily want it to happen, but the Rangers are going to have some tough decisions to make, and you got to get guys like Heedle and Lafreniere and Miller signed to new contracts, and so uh, Goodrow and his cap hit might be a casualty this offseason. Uh, anyway, we're going to keep things rolling with uh, some other predictions for the Rangers in the second half of the season, and we will do that in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 about eight months ago because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It is lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it is cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's keep everything rolling with a couple more predictions here, and uh, then we can call it a day and uh, turn our attention to Rangers versus Wild, which will be happening on Tuesday night. But for this next one, I'm going to stick with a prediction that I made in the preseason coming into the regular season. Chris Kreider ends up with 45 goals for the New York Rangers. Uh, he is currently a little bit off the pace. He's got 19 goals uh, through 41 games, also 11 assists for anybody uh, wondering about that. Coming into the season, you know, Kreider obviously last year scored 52 goals. I think pretty much everybody expected him to not reach that mark again, but I maintained throughout the entire preseason that I think he will get closer to that mark than a lot of people realize. And it was kind of a bold prediction because before that, you know, Kreider had never even scored 30 goals in a season, much less 52. But my logic, and it's the logic that I still have right now, is that his formula is very repeatable. Uh, you know, he goes to the net. He, he's so good on those deflections. He cleans up some loose change in the crease. He can continue to score goals at a very high rate. And something else to consider here. You know, I mentioned that the Rangers, I think their power play is going to see an uptick in the second half. They're only 13th right now. And Kreider, after having so many power play goals last season, only has four this season. I think sooner or later, he's going to start to put a few more pucks in the net on the man advantage. And when you consider the fact that he's at the post a couple of times, he's had some bad luck with some goalies just absolutely robbing him. Uh, he's had some deflection attempts that have just missed. I think sooner or later, you're going to see Kreider's goal total spike. And I think I'm sticking with it. Kreider is going to get 45 goals for the Rangers this season. Here's a bold prediction. And I'll admit this is one that I'm kind of uh, trying to maybe just speak into existence here. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to say that Adam Fox and I alluded to this a little bit earlier in today's episode. He wins his second Norris in three years. Won it for the first time two years ago, and uh, he gets another one this year. Uh, 41 games so far this season. 
Fox has scored seven goals, has 33 assists, so 40 points. Uh, he's right there as far as point per game is concerned from a defenseman, which is crazy to think about. Uh, he's also a plus 14. And, you know, right or wrong, I, I think a lot of times what happens with the Norris is it goes to the defenseman who ends up with the most points. And obviously, you know, defensemen should get a lot of consideration based on how many points they get. But I think it looks at that a little bit more so than defensive prowess. And if it does go to the defenseman with the most points, uh, right now it's going to go to Eric Carlson because Fox has 40 points. Carlson leads the NHL, as far as defensemen are concerned, with 54 points. Just a crazy total. Uh, Josh Morrissey is second with 46. Rasmus Dahlin with 44 is third. And then Fox with 40. So if Fox is going to win the Norris, then he's going to have to, uh, you know, close in on Carlson at least a little bit. I don't think he necessarily has to catch him and pass him, but he's got to get it closer than just than 14 points. That's that's too much to ignore. And I don't think that the Norris should always go to the defenseman with the most points, but when you're having that kind of season that Eric Carlson is, uh, yeah, I think that certainly merits some consideration. He's been unbelievable for the Sharks. Really kind of an up-and-down, bizarre career path for Eric Carlson, but uh, you got to give him credit for what he's doing this season on a bad team, no less. But, you know, Fox, he's so important in every aspect of the game for the Rangers, and uh, he's going to have a shot at it at least. I think at the very least, you'll see him at least be, uh, you know, one of the— uh, the finalists, the three finalists for the Norris this year. And fingers crossed he ends up uh, winning that award for a second time. A couple of rapid-fire stats to get through. I'm going to say Artemi Panarin ends up with 25 goals this season or more. Uh, he currently has 11, so he's off the pace a little bit, but he's been shooting a little bit more recently, and I just think that he's going to continue to do that, start to play um, almost a little bit more selfish. You know, we talk about how the Rangers have to do that sometimes. I think Panarin's been doing that a little bit more often and just a lethal shot. And we score, we saw him score a goal from the blue line a couple games ago when he's just kind of circling around the entire rink and just lets it fly from the blue line and, and scores, beats the goalie clean. So uh, Panarin, yeah, he's going to end up with 25-plus goals for the Rangers. I'll say Keandre Miller gets 40 assists. You know, Miller, I, I thought, was on the verge of just becoming a phenomenal defenseman in this league. Struggled so much out of the gate this year, but he has really turned things around. He currently has 17 assists, but he's been racking them up recently, and I think the best is yet to come from Keandre Miller. So give me Keandre Miller. You know, I'll say 41 assists, because 41 would put him at a half assist per game. So let's say 41 assists for Keandre Miller. Modest one here, but I'll say Kravtsov gets to 15 points or more. He currently has only five Seems like he's starting to figure it out and gain some confidence, albeit very gradually, uh, getting to play with Panarin and Trocek. Eventually, the points are going to come for Kravtsov to a certain extent, where he'll get 15 points. And to conclude this, uh, a little bit of humor here. Sammy Blay gets his first goal as a New York Ranger. I'm calling it. Uh, he's going to clean up some loose change in front of the goal or something like that. Maybe one will just deflect off his leg and go in. Sooner or later, Sammy Blay going to score a goal for the New York Rangers. Um yeah, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. This is a lot of fun, you know, just kind of taking inventory and uh, looking to the second half of the season, getting ready to go here, getting getting fired up for some New York Ranger hockey, and uh, hopefully they can respond to what was a tough loss against the Devils and uh, take down the uh, the Wild on Tuesday. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, going to start mixing in some NHL trade deadline talk pretty soon. The trade deadline is on March 3rd, and so I, I think, you know, we're getting to the point where it makes sense to cover that at least a little bit. And uh, I will look to do so uh, in a couple of future episodes. There was uh, an episode last year. It was a two-part episode where I looked at the uh, 16 teams that were not in playoff position. And I looked at one player from every team that the Rangers could have some interest in. So uh, we'll go ahead and uh, do that 
in uh, in a future episode for sure, and just talk trade deadline in general. But uh, that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Uh, this episode in particular, great example of one that will be available uh, on YouTube uh, at least you know good amount of hours, about six hours or so before it's available on audio. So definitely do subscribe there. Uh, for your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.